Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, this is... Hello, everybody. Two thumbs undecided. Undecided. Um, I am one host. Uh, Sam and I am Ferguson. two host. Oh, yeah. Sam is Sam. I am Zachary Jonathan J... J Jr. Ferguson. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, Zach. That's a funny laugh. I know. I'm trying... I'm trying some new things out. Folks at home, if you've been living in a cave and you've decided to listen to only to Two Thumbs Undecided, we haven't really been dropping too much uh, time-wise where we are, but we are three episodes away from the end of the year, and this is exciting. I'm trying new things. Yeah. You got uh, a new laugh that you just... I've never heard him laugh like that before. I honestly yeah, thought you were possessed by a... Uh, a mutant being for a hot second. Now, oh, okay. That is true that mutants can, usually when people think of possession, they think of demons. But I like it how you went the uh, mutant way. Yes. Because Prof Professor X uh, can take over people. It's very scary. Mm -hmm. We're also um, canon in the world. Like, uh, we live in the same universe as the X-Men. So. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's kind of crazy. It's Sam and I... <laughs> For the most part, I don't know. I'm not a mutant. I could say that I love mutants. Um, Sam, no offense to you. I've heard a little bit of your racist. Yo, don't uh, don't or... talk. Of, we're not talking. These are mutants. They are scary. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. No. I mutants. This isn't racism. Mutants. If if someone comes up to you, speciest. With... Okay, fine. Consider me a speciest. Sam's a huge species. I love. Mutants. I dated a mutant once. Yeah, that uh, was a huge problem in our family. Yeah, it was not. It was a funny. It was actually kind of a funny Thanksgiving because the way Sam and I argue, it just turns into babble. Uh, and it's yeah, it's set for like a sitcom. But anyways, we live in the Marvel. I mean, we live in the mutant world. Yeah, we don't. We don't live in the same universe as any of the other Marvel characters. Just the X Men mutants. Yes. Um, uh, Logan is our future. Yes. Which is eerie. Um, <laughs> anywho. Uh, this is Two Thumbs Undecided. about our canon. We, uh, we do, uh, we talk about media. We talk about things, uh, you know. We've been on for basically a year now. We started Almost the beginning of 2019. Um, we've been high and low. We've been there and back. I've gone to Cannes. We've been to the New York Film Festival. We had... The producer of Uncut Gems was sitting in this chair. Yeah, it, I think that is so crazy. So on Hulu, uh, at least for, here in Pittsburgh, they've been playing, like, when you do the commercials, they've been playing a lot of uh, Uncut Gems trailers. Yeah. And I like, I just, every time I see that, I go like, we talked to the producer of Uncut Gems. But what's interesting is um, he he's the executive producer. So, I know. Yeah. So it's he's so we a, talked to like a big guy. Thing is, is I honestly, it's so weird that Good Time, in my opinion, was kind of like an a uh, an indie darling. Like it was, you know, really kind of only talked about from like artists, like art students and mm -hmm. film majors, going like, "Oh, I love Good Time," you know? Yeah. This this seems universal. Like, yeah. oh, that's the Adam Sandler movie. We should go see that. I saw it. Did you? Have, oh, well, you haven't seen it yet. Did I haven't come? seen it yet. And I, honestly, what? Due to your yeah, I, I, mediocre review. I gave an okay review to it. I thought it was... Good Time was definitely better. I thought it, it lost some of the, the heart. I think it, 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 
it dove too much into the spectacle and less into the heart of why I like good time. Now, the reason why I would maybe go see it is you said, I, I think you as a big fan of the Saf the Safdie brothers, like their whole sh thing, you kind of had a perspective going mm -hmm. in. I am lukewarm on them, mm. so I don't really care where they go with this. So I well, think I may have a different perspective. Something that I've been thinking more and more about with them is I think overall they care less and one of my friends put it this way, they care less about um, having a story that really, that has the, I don't think they really search for like a meaning in their films. I think they really just search for like, just things just happen. Like, I don't think you can really psychoanalyze their films and be like, you remember that time this person looked at this person and like, then it foreshadowed this and like all these other things. I think th the way they write films, it's a little bit more stream of thought and a little bit, Obviously, I mean they 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 have had edits and it's you know refined and right. stuff. But I think their 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 writing style is more so that I I like films that have kind of like this this Struck meaning, and more. it's not like an obvious meaning. I like there's like a sub like a subliminal meaning to everything, and not saying that there isn't a meaning, but it's not like I don't know. It's not like. Uh, tree of life kind of meaning where it's like there, there's there is some sort of catharsis at the end there is some sort of arc at the end this this movie there is no really i didn't really feel like this 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 catharsis i felt well, like it was just a the the a an ending an ending that made sense and it was just a fun ride. It's a ride. Like it's really just a ride. Well, like if you like if I you like roller coasters, good, then this. Well, is that's what I thought of Good Time. And honestly, I think your friend is correct on that. Um, uh, the movie I can never say the title for. Heaven, heaven is knows, only us. Heaven. <laughs> heaven knows what. Heaven knows what. Heaven knows what. That was another movie that really it did have characters. But it was just like, doop-a-doop-a-doo, we're doing this, then we're doing that, then we're doing... And in a sense, maybe that's a portrayal of real life, you yeah, know? Yeah, I think that... Like, today, I'm going to do this uh, radio show, and then I'm going to go get some lunch, and then I'm going to walk and edit, and maybe I'll run into some guy and... Yeah. Well, enough about drugs. the, the yeah, day in the life. Um, enough about that. We have some news. First off, I want to get mm. some sad news out of the way, because this, mm. this is... This is actually kind of sad. Uh, mm. Do you know um, Anna Karina? Uh, yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot of her on Twitter. Yeah, she passed away today. Um, like, I woke up to news. If you don't know who she is, you're probably in good company with a lot of people who aren't film nerds. But uh, she's um, she was really I, big in the French New Wave. She actually was married to Jean-Luc Godard. She yeah, was in a lot of his films. Uh, but most importantly... Or maybe not most importantly, but I think she's most well known. You know the scene in Band Apart where like they're dancing, or Band, <laughs> uh, band oh yeah, Band Apart, but Band of Outsiders. Her? That was her. She was the woman that was doing that dancing. For those Whoa. of you who don't know, there's a very famous scene in the '60s from this John. Is this John? Is that Godard or is that? I'm pr no, that was Truffaut. definitely John Luke. No, that was Godard. Oh okay. So there's a film in uh, a Godard film called. Um, Oh, the band is called Band of Outsiders. I've actually never seen the film, but there's a famous scene where they're just kind of dancing. And I like to attribute it to that as the first time in cinema that like now that so a, many films are like have random dance scenes in them. Yes. And we've talked about this. We've talked about this 
in our podcast, actually. We haven't really... Well, I think we, we might have replayed it. But that this was the or- origin of that kind of dancing mantra thing. Um, well, we did we did an uh, did we do a dancing episode? But I that was during did. our po- yeah. That but, was during our podcast days. Yeah. Um. So, so we'll she she it. passed away. Um. And then also there was another death as well. Um. Uh, the guy from uh, uh do the right thing do the right um, thing and Moonstruck, which I I thought he was. I mean, he's great in both. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm looking up his Danny, name now. Danny, uh, 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 Danny Mahoney. Danny uh, no, Ayello. No. Uh, a yellow. A yellow. Yellow. Yeah. A i e l l o. Danny yellow. yellow. Uh, he yeah. is so. If you've never seen, well, you should probably go see um, "Do the Right Thing" first. Mm-hmm. But I love Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. He is so funny in Moonstruck. Uh, I don't. Well, I have only seen Moonstruck once. So uh, it's it's a movie. There are some movies you see as a kid because your parents just have it on. Mm. But then you should go. Yeah, see I've it never again. seen now, it. I've never seen them watching it. Well, I I remember that Maybe. at least my our dad really likes the or somebody in our family really likes the scene with a Nick uh, Nicholas Cage where he's talking about his hand. Oh well, yeah. Like, well, that's a classics. Yeah. Yeah. I've, very I've, over I've, the top scene. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the beginning of new, blah, blah, new Luke, <laughs> Lucas had no, uh, Nick Cage's career, that, uh, that scene in a way, is I feel it? like, I mean, yeah. I always, I always get that movie. I, I always forget if it was either raising, I raising Arizona or I, this movie that kind of started him off. I, I think it's, um, I'm looking it up. Well, I'm um, also looking it up. All right. If you want to look it up, I'll just talk. Yeah, but okay, I mean, I'll look it up. But you should say you should tell about like our big. Oh, by the way, his first really big role was in Valley Girl. Mm, well, I mean, okay, but that so, that no one no one really knows what that film is. Nope. And Peggy Sue got married. Peggy Sue got married. Right. Nope. Yeah, it was raising Arizona. Okay, raising Arizona. Moonstruck. Well, that's I mean that's big. Um, but in in your defense, Moonstruck, in my opinion, is probably the first time we see the truly over the top Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, all right, so anyway, but rip to those people, um, rip, rip, be with their family and sad seeing people die who have influenced so they much live, of cinema. Um, they long lives. Speaking of also of rip, I actually just got the, um, the Bob Evans, uh, the kid stays in the picture book. Oh yeah. I just got the book and it's actually fairly nuts. Uh, I, I didn't, could imagine that guy is, I mean, I, oh my goodness. Now see, how is it? I just read the first chapter, honestly, and the first chapter is like an amazing because he, he just talks about how crazy the premiere of Godfather was. Yeah, and don't don't, don't ruin. Actually, I it's like a movie. I want to I want to experience it. It was myself. really I was it was and then he yeah, you, you just got to read it. So anyways, but um, but yeah, he also died like two two months ago. But I mean, he was kind of an asshole as well. So yeah, but everyone was in the 70s, I guess. That's that's the excuse. There's one gaping asshole. <laughs> Hollywood was just one giant asshole in which and people then entered filling it with shit. And that was the 80s. And then and... that shit kind of started pouring out a little bit to the oh. sides. And that was indie cinema. Oh, uh, actually, I, I feel like, you know, then the shit became like maneuver and manure. And it started to spring up flowers. And I mm. think that was like maybe a little bit of the early 2000. And yeah. now the shit-covered asshole is a ripe garden, and we're now in the 2010s. Yeah. Well, almost 20s. Uh, now, and so 20s, now maybe it was like little plants. Yeah, it's go whoa. 
So moving on asshole. from this, we have the, one of our one of our personal biggest news is we have yes a good friend um, coming down. You may heard of him before. He's director of such films like Ready Player Always. One, Ready he, Player he One, direct- uh, uh, Big BFG. He uh, he directed one of the segments from Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah, he the also guy- directed not- Dumbo or uh, not Dumbo. Um, <laughs> what is it? The one show that you like, the dumb Columbo. Columbo, that's it. Yeah, he, he directed an episode the pilot of Columbo episode called Murder by the Books. Great episode. Yeah, his name is Steven Spielberg. Um, Steven Spielberg. And for those of you who don't know, Two Thumbs Undecided lore. Uh, uh, Spielberg used to produce our show when we were a podcast. Yeah. Um, he was a little weird. Um, he's tended to stand in the corner, uh, like way in the back. We used to do it in like a gymnasium and yeah, he'd stayed way, kinda... way in the back and we just like rarely saw him. Um, but you know, some things happened, you know, ready player one kind of bombed. He was losing money left and right. Uh, he kind of so, went crazy after that, and yeah, he kind of slapped kinda... slap Zach in the face, uh, which was really, slapped, yeah, really kind of strange that that happened. But it was I, one of those like open hand slaps. Like he didn't, he didn't ever really talk to us too much. Yeah, and I, I, we were just talking to him about like kind of like sorry about Reddit Player One, and he. He actually, I should have seen it coming. He turned his whole body with his hand outstretched and then like whipped his body around and slapped me. Mm. And as he slapped me, he fell to the ground, did like a really dumb barrel roll and then tried to stand up real quick like it was cool. But it was really just like this old man, you know, struggling to stand up. Much like the one scene from Irishman where um, you've seen Irishman, right? I have where Robert De Niro is beating up the shop clerk and it looks like a 70 year old beating him up, but they aged him down to look like it's a younger man, but it looked kind of weird. That's kind of how this was. Is it, Mm -hmm. it was a 70 year old man trying to do what like a 30 year old man would do, but it just looked, I think I actually like when he was leaving, he called his doctor and he said like, I think my back is broken again. Well, he started that conversation after because uh, the gymnasium is so big that you can hear everything. So as he was walking away, he was making yeah, that point. It's actually amplified. We but always tell him, yeah. The thing is, is we haven't really talked to this guy in a long time. And hearers of this radio show produced by um, Radio Free Brooklyn, um, we kind of razz on him a bit. Yeah. But, Sam, give the big, big news. Well, he's, I think I already said this, but he's coming down. Uh, he's going to be talking to us, uh, next episode. He's going to be on next episode. And I know in the past we've pretended like we did really the only live, like the video that we've had of this show. There was the video that we made. Um, and we had a Spielberg on, it wasn't really Spielberg. It was kind of Zach's, uh, friend who was a little bit, uh, wasted. Yeah, um, and we were also we were enjoying the summertime too, and we yeah. were just kind of having so kind of a little fun. I think you know we actually we don't really know exactly why he's coming down. He didn't really. He just said he's been listening to our show a lot and he wants to come mm-hmm. on the show. So we're excited. Uh, we're excited to to see what he has to to say about the show. I mean, this is it's been a year now since he's been on. So hopefully he's you know happy with the things we've. I mean, we've been a little bit mean to him in the past, uh, but. But I mean, he's a big time Hollywood yeah, I'm guy, sure he gets and he, I mean, he's lot, probably yeah. 
I mean, he did slap me in the face for he did. no reason. You, he can be aggressive. A little abusive. Uh, but but in, in honor of Steven Spielberg coming down, we thought it would be a great idea to do our next and uh, second to last episode on Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah so he's going to be coming down. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, he's going to come at the very end, so stick around for the... Uh, the end of our pod uh, radio show next week. Yeah, don't you? I'm oh, so sorry. It's so hard. No wonder I got slapped. Woo! That, I'm excited. I, I if you weren't in Pittsburgh, I'd slap you. I right know. Now. <laughs> um, but so yeah, so that's the that's the big news. Um, we also have my friend is going to be calling uh, later this episode. Uh, Andrew Gellwick. He was on last week's episode. He wanted to talk about Watchmen, but I hadn't seen any of the Watchmen. Um, are you up to date but now i'm up to date uh and there's a new one tonight right yeah tonight is the finale i was convinced last weekend that last sunday's was the season finale i was a darn fool Mm. i will admit it i'm glad that you had the balls to admit that oh i got the balls for weeks baby (laughs) oh man i gotta stop saying baby i that uh, it's it's part of my lexicon now yeah I blame Comedy Bang Bang. Any mm. hoodles. Um, but he's going to be calling a little bit later. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Watchmen. But so we woo. should start our theme for today. And it's something that I've actually mentioned about talking about uh, a few times now. And it's, it's something that I think is rather interesting and rather annoying, in my opinion, uh, is lists. I love them. Movie, media, yes. just lists in general. Um, And I personally, I think lists for the most part always make me very annoyed. Uh, We so you so you would have hated uh, unspooled Schindler's List. I mean, to be honest, I actually was reading this book of called the the light the light at the end of the tunnel. That list, Schindler. I hate lists. I I was well, I was. I was reading this book about um called The Light at the End of the Tunnel, I think is what it's called. It's like this uh what is his name? Something I think his name is who did it? Light at the end of the tunnel. It was a book, basically a, a collection of essays of this one uh journalist. Light at the end of the the tunnel uh film book. Uh and it was Oh yeah, here it is. Oh, the tunnel, the tunnel at the oh, it's reversed. Tunnel oh, at the end it? of the light by Jim Shepard. Um, Jim Shepard. And it's it was really interesting because he 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 one of his essays was contrasting the pianist with uh, Schindler's List. Oh. And yes. I thought it was a fairly fairly interesting fairly interesting um comparison between the two films because i i mean schindler's list is like well regarded one the award that we don't talk about it's uh you know it's 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 nuts but pianist it's kind of like it's it it's it is a little bit more drawn out and it's there's not it's a little bit it doesn't it doesn't have as much of that typical cinematic thing to it and I so thought it was really scary. interesting because it really made me feel like I like Pianist more than the Schindler's List because Schindler's List did take this, I mean, horrible time in history and it kind of, you know, not romanticized, but it, it, it did like, it did Hollywoodize it. It did like make it feel like there there was 
Pope during this time and stuff, and his like pianist was a much more realistic depiction of of the Holocaust. Well, that, and I, that I, ending I, scene of a pianist is just yeah remarkable. But, but it also I mean, was so interesting because it, it's like he's he's not a hero. Like the pianist is not a hero in that movie. No, I mean, just like, he's, he's not just like Schindler's List. Arrive. He's not like uh Schindler the whatever his name is the guy that plays Gandhi. What's uh, his name? Uh, Ch- uh, Chandler's List. What? Chandler's List. What are you talking about? I don't know. You you were trying to say uh, the other guy, and then I thought of a parody of Schindler's oh. List. Chandler's right, List. Well, whatever. Like, could so there he's be not a hero. More concentration camps. To to answer your question, Schindler's List. I I'm starting to not love as much. It's still a great film. Still a great film, but but no, I don't like lists. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, just as a preface, uh, screw Roman Polanski. Yeah. Uh, but there's been, I mean, uh, another reason I wanted to bring this up, there's been so many, so many lists that have got, I've come out. I mean, type, just type in, uh, uh, list of best, uh, I got them, I got them all here and we should probably dive into it because I got list galore. So let's just start talking about this list. I mean, in in general, I, I just think lists, uh, tend to, I always disagree with it and I think it's hard to rank something so subjective um and i immediately always go to the number one and i'm always like huh that's interesting i think the only list of of the decade that i've seen so far that i agreed with the number one was uh indiewire indiewire did we talked we did a whole episode on the indiewire one but on the top one uh oh that's right we did and we did it was on um moonlight was number one they did it way too early. I like the Irishman didn't even come out. Well, that was all wasn't... these movies had not all come right, out. Let's now, talk about some of these lists. Now, the one I have in front of me that I do like, I agree with way more is uh, AV Club's uh, top 100, and their number one pick. And I agree with this because it puts in all the factors, at least in my head, is Mad, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Because the thing uh, is, is, yeah, that's I guess that, that can be number one. Yeah, I yeah. feel like Mad Max Fury Road is the fun, like the, like we get so serious with films, and and there's nothing wrong with being serious, but this, this had all the essence of like what Holly, the funness of Hollywood, you know, like when you see like, like those old reels of like spacemen and and like a doctor walking behind the sets of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, like the classic golden era of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. This is what this felt like. This like really fun movie tackling an issue mm-hmm. and also kind of representing kind of the the whole like the the tensies of the uh, Me Too movement, uh global warming, all I mean like all that climate change all that jazz. So that jazz, I think, huh? and, and it was just really fun. And it's one of the only times I've seen in a movie where like the title of the movie isn't really even the main character. Mm. He's just a, a subversive ploy, like a, like a, this list, this list has, characters. and this, okay. See, for some reason, my computer is going slow right now. Uh, um, I was on oh, now. It's a um yeah i don't know what's going on with this so social network was number three uh on another top 10 another top 10 movies of the decade um i looked up was on esquire 
I'm I'm looking at the one at uh Vulture had one. And number one is Melancholia. Whoa. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, and then number two is Mad Max Fury Road. So I'm kind of just confused by that choice, honestly. Well, this is so weird because these lists, like you said, are very strange in the sense of Esquire has a number, like number 10 on their top uh, movies of the decade is Paddington 2. Which I can't disagree with. I've heard great things about it. I think Paddington 2, I mean, it is, it's different from all, it's not like you're, I think what's great about Paddington 2, because I've seen that on a few lists as well, that was like, I think top 20 on the IndieWire thing. It was, because it's, it's well, the, not like all these other films. All these other films are like, you know, art house films and stuff. And But Paddington 2 is just like a kid's movie that like really affected, it's kind of the same way with like how Baby Yoda is now like a craze. It's like mm-hmm. it it shouldn't be there, but it is because it's just it's captured everyone's minds for some reason. Well, like, it's funny that this like, you know, you have all these sequels or like kid movies like, say, a Mary Poppins Returns and all like all that stuff. But I think there was just some uh, like a charm of pa- Paddington too, like a, you know, a cuteness that really touched the inner soul instead of just like, OK, this feels like a a cash grab. Yeah, um, um, I'm looking up the Esquire. Oh, this is top ten. It it just jumped yeah, straight to the ten. Wow. And their yeah. number one handmaid number, number one eight. was interesting. Yeah, their number one what? was social right, network. So here's the thing with this Esquire. Number six is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Come on, yeah, sure Esquire. Not. No, not sure why not. That doesn't deserve to be top ten of the decade. These people have a hard on for Tarantino. I don't <laughs> like this. I don't like this. I list. hey, you know what? I don't. I mean, I I wouldn't do a top. 100 maybe we should do a top 100 then again i haven't seen uh enough of these yeah movies. i mean i don't think i'm i yeah i i don't yeah. see a lot of current films but um, i here's the thing i after seeing this esquire list and seeing once upon a time dot 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 in hollywood i gotta want to go out and uh rent it again i really like that movie okay i i also this the, i'm looking at this av club thing that you mentioned and it says uh-huh. francis haw is number eight I mean, I guess so, just because it did. It was kind of what blew Paul uh, or Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig up. Um, yeah, back into uh, the modern zeitgeist. Yeah, but, but I, mean, I, I feel like some of the things that keep popping up. I think Social Network is in all top tens. I think well, everyone that's... always points to Social Network and being like, "This is." I think that's a unanimous top ten. Well, there, there's there's a few that I think are definitely all top ten and highlight what the tinsies were about. Mm-hmm. Social network, definitely, just because Facebook kind of took over our lives. Moonlight, just because of how rich, you know, the story is and telling, you know, uh, a man's coming of age. Uh, and sometimes um, him, well, actually, never mind. I think coming of age is a funny word. Um, and then Mad Max Fury Road is another one. Here's another list. The 10 most, inf- this is, well, it's worded separately, so maybe, um, but it, this is the New York Times, the 10 most influential films of the decade. Um, I think I disagree with this. I mean, it's not, this isn't ranked. Um, but I, I really don't, this list sucks. This list is horrible. The only list that, the only thing that I think really, this isn't even influential. These are just like the biggest films. I mean, one of them is Avengers, 
And I don't think it's Uh-oh. it's Avengers. Well, I mean, technically, I, I think that yeah, it's made... the original Avengers. So I guess, but I wouldn't say that's influential. It was the start of this crazy thing. It's not really influential. This uh, bridesmaids, I think that was pretty influential. Actually, Ooh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, the the reason why these are all influential is because they were blockbuster movies that any schmo on the street probably watched. Also, Hunger Games catching fire. That's not influential. Maybe the first no, one, but like no, catching no, yeah. fire. What? Yeah, that it's that's, the second installment as a global story. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I that, don't. This, I really don't get why. Oh, I mean, Moonlight's on there, but that's uh, another one that I would say is influential. Is Get Out? Get Out is there? Like, yeah, Get Out's normally in the top tens. Okja's on this list for Peak Jake, Pete Six. Okja? Why not? Oh, yeah, why not? Snowpiercer and Parasite were much more bigger than Okja. Okja was not well received. It didn't really influence that many people. No offense. Yeah, New York Times, what's going on? New York Times, you got to get your in. Oh, hey, Star uh, Wars: The Force Awakens. Is... What did that? It, it, it's the it's the seventh installment in a series of films. The first one from the seventies is influential. <laughs> this is honestly, this is my least favorite list. And this list, I don't like this, this list is either. this this list sucks. I'm I'm sorry, New York Times, but you don't know Leo, movies. Scott, this this. And- this list, I mean, I know it's not ranked, and I know it's slightly different. It's the 10 most influential, but these films are not influential. American Sniper, what did that influence? You, you're picking influences of influences. The, the thing that influenced American Sniper was Hurt Locker. That was much more bigger and more influential than American Sniper, which came out like two years later. Hurt Locker, you know wait, no, Hurt Locker, you know I think, came out in the 10s. But still, it's like, this list is horrible. Okay, I wouldn't say it's horrible. Just, I mean, like, I, I think if we sat down with these two people who wrote this uh, list, which is Manola. Okay. Dar- all right. All right. Yes. All right. All right. Let's 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 piece this out. I well, know. I mean, I already said it. And Ao Scott. Oh, it's Ao um, Scott. Well, and Manola Dargis. Manola Dargis, yeah. We'll- um, if we sat down with them, I think we could have a peaceful conversation. And no offense to us, Sam, but I'm pretty sure that they would chew us out and spit us out again. I, I no, but honestly, would... if this is their list, I think that they would be wrong. I, like, I want to psychoanalyze why is Star Wars: Force Awakens the most influential film of the decade? Top ten, and not Social well, Network it... is not on this list. Like, Social Network has influenced. So many different biopics. It has established a style of creating these biopics that came out afterwards. Of, I mean, there's been like so many depictions of of uh, what's his face. Um, uh, well, no, he, he, here's the reason why I think we would get spit. I mean, I think he's talking. I'm reading this now. It says for the first or last. This is an ugly reenactionary undercurrent in modern fan culture. I think he's saying. They're saying that Star Wars Force Awakens was kind of the the uprise of like these blockbusters that we don't really need. That's anymore. more Avengers. Yeah, well, Avengers, I think, in that same sense, and why all these movies are like these global blockbusters is, I mean, we're living in um, a, that's kind of what the decade was. I guess maybe it's me just re- reacting to how much, which I is hate why this. I think it would be great, and I think we. It would a little bit be clickbaity if two thumbs undecided sat down with the writers of the best of 2019 New York Times. That would be funny. Yeah, that would, 
Hey, Ao Scott, and what's the other person's name? Uh, you're gonna make me say it, uh, Manola Dargus. We would spend the first twenty minutes on how insulting it is. We can't pronounce. Yeah. The first person. I'm also name. looking. So another list I pulled up. It's the Independent, and I'm I'm looking at the Independent because it's British, and I feel like the Brits have a much more objective look on things from the outside of American culture. Oh. Um, and it's also a little bit more worldly. Uh, oh. So number one, as it should be, because I honestly think this is accurate. I think the number one film of maybe not influential. Maybe that's not the. So this is an influential. This is just number one best. The number one film I think this? should be Moonlight. I think Moonlight is number one. Uh, yeah. And that's, this is also not coming from like it's not my number one. But I think cumulatively it, it was a number one for the whole Oscars thing, for what it did for A24, for what it did for storytelling, for what it did for, uh, I think it was kind of also the beginning of like this boom of, of, of depicting people who normally don't, aren't being depicted in films, like giving them uh, a say in stories. Um, I think it was the beginning of a lot of things in film that I love about current films right now. Um, but number two is Carol, which I've actually never seen. Number three is Get Out. You gotta love some. You gotta love some Todd Hayes. Phantom, Phantom Thread is appearing in a lot of these top top films. I no, didn't I like have not Phantom seen Thread. That, so I, you haven't seen it yet. No. Phantom Thread is number. Phantom Thread is number See, four. I, it was also in another. It was in Bolster. So. Yeah, I, I think something happened with P.T. Anderson. Honestly, after There Will Be Blood, which I think is his best film, in my opinion. Well, no. I think he is doing exactly what a director should do. It's yeah. kind of follow your heart. Yeah. Oh, no, the movie that actually turned me off to seeing Phantom Thread was uh, Inherent the Vice. movie Inherent Vice. I saw it. Talk about a three-hour movie that really was didn't really go anywhere. That was it. Yeah, he's kind of, I think, like, Phantom Thread to me, I, I felt like he was making fun of us. Movies. I don't know. I, it just felt like the ending. Which, hey, you know what? You haven't you, seen the ending, so I'm not. I guess I won't ruin it. But I, I just, oh, it was just a film that just kind of like went on and nothing really happened. It was about a, like a relationship in this guy oh, who was a bit controlling. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, I mean, it is Daniel uh, Daniel Day Lewis's last film. Air quotes. This is the sound of my air quotes. Okay. Wow. Oh, by the way, uh, I will be watching Hunting Boy very soon since apparently yeah, that's it's on, on this Amazon. list as well. Um, you were never really there is number nine on this list. I also don't like this list. Because wow. that, that movie, I think, is overblown. No offense. Have I think you that seen movie, it? Yeah, I saw it recently. And it was, it was uh, Taxi Driver meets Drive, is how I describe mm. it. It was shot the same way movies. as I feel like it was very influenced by the film Drive. And it, it's kind of the same story as Taxi Driver, uh, in which now, it's this guy trying to save this girl from... Yeah. And then it also has a little bit of mix of like Mission Impossible, where like the mission suddenly goes nuts for no reason. Um, now, uh, so it's sound. By the way, after seeing this list, I am putting my foot down, and I t today I'm gonna compile my own list. Uh, top. I'm gonna do my top ten movies of the decade. I'm just gonna uh, make a list. Maybe we should combine our lists. And well, the thing is, is I feel like. Your you and I's top ten. Yeah, okay. Let's. Combine well, I'm just going to be looking. I'm just going to be. I'm going to be the top ten, like lists of, 
like just like combined like looking at all these lists and like saying what i agree with and disagree with and well I don't yeah know. no i mean here's my thing i already know what my top two are for me it's spider-man into the spider-verse and then Mad Max Fury Road, but I'll compile the rest of it later. Probably I'm also Social looking at. Uh, I'm now looking at the Film School Rejects list, which is. Oh, I, I agree with them. Yeah, slightly. I mean they're great because they're fairly they're in, like they are true indie. Like it's not it's not like how Sundance is like we're indies. Like you're not really indie anymore. This is oh here's a film that has appeared in a few things, and this is only number ninety on this on this thing, but it's appeared. I think it's top twenty in the Indie Wire one. Holy Motors. I really want to oh, see. I Holy really want to see. To, actually, I've seen that across the board that that really is like the t- – oh, my goodness. Oh, we haven't talked about this, actually. Sam, what is the French magazine that um, – Oh, yeah, you said Macri- something Dar- about this. Uh, the, Did I say that last week? No, no, I saw you, I don't think you tweeted – we tweeted on our inst- – on our, our I put Twitter. it on my Facebook, but what's the magazine that um, uh, uh, Truffaut wrote back in the day? Uh uh oh is do cinema yes they put out their top uh 10 movies of the decade and i thought this was so funny and we don't have enough time to talk about this but um their number one movie of the decade was the twin peaks the return which is a tv show (laughs) (laughs) i slightly laughed at that and was thinking you know what everything is different in these days they do this every they do this every oh this of the decade oh yeah the decade was twin peaks that's so funny oh and and it says holy motors is number two interesting okay yeah oh okay this is pretty pretentious image book is number five get over yourself (laughs) image book is the jean-luc godard film that everyone was like i have no idea what i just saw it's like (laughs) it's it's the the film that he made i don't know like five years ago that was literally just a collection of images. It was just, it, it was just, it, there was no plot really. Sam, can I just say something? I, like, for some I reason, Melancholia sex. is on this list. Melancholia is number eight. But they, they were on number one on that other list. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it's a great film, but like top 10, I, okay, I, I oh, guess man. it's better than like Avengers or something like that. Under oh, Skin yeah. is also getting a lot of, Under the Skin, that's getting yeah. a lot of, that's also oh. top 10 in a lot of lists. Man, I really, I have a funny story about that. I, I started watching that, that this one time and I was watching it, but my friend told me early, like as we were watching it, that he took acid right before the movie okay. and he started freaking out. So I had to stop. Melancholia? No, under the skin. Oh. Anyway, um, I think <laughs> we should spend the last 10 minutes talking about other top, uh, t- like top. Oh, 10, uh, yeah, movies. I guess so. And not not movies, sorry, about uh, TV shows. And I want to do a real quick shout out to the number one album of the decade. But honestly, I got to say, I've, you know, I love movies, but I watch a lot more TV than movies. And this one, I feel like I have a better grasp on. And AV's top 100 movies, I mean, TV shows of the decade, I do agree with. I think this is a good list. And their number one pick is... Drum roll, please. Is Breaking Bad? Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, that really was a fantastic ride. Number two is Mad Men. Also agree with Atlanta. Uh, yeah, okay. I I I I think it it was a weird. I I have not seen the the Barry Jenkins episode yet, but 
Who did uh, an episode of of which from Atlanta? Atlanta, yeah. I haven't oh, seen that famous. Yeah. Good place. Leftovers is on the top ten. The one that I'm a little like, what? Was Bob's burgers before mm. uh Bojack Horseman? Mm. That that to me I would I would switch. Mm. Uh something we haven't well, Thirty Rock is number nine. Mm-hmm. But thing is is they, it came out in 2006, and the best seasons were kind of before the Tenzies. So I would slightly disagree with this. But then again, Breaking Bad started in 2008. So, but the whole thing was great. And then number 10 is, I agree with this. Though I think in time, I think there will be better shows. But uh, Fleabag? Mm, yeah, no, it, I think that definitely should be top 10. Well, I, I really love Fleabag. I just think it may be too early, but you know, throw it on for now. I mean, like it, it was in the tensies and it did hit us really hard. And I think the great thing about Phoebe Waller bridge is I think she really is going to stick to not doing Fleabag until she's 40. I agree. I think, I mean, she's got so many other things going on. Oh, she's like, boo, boo, boo. I mean, yeah, she'll do another play. Effect. She'll write a comic book probably eventually. Uh, so, yes, I agree with their list, except for the BoJack Horseman thing. Mm. Oh, and I would maybe put c- Community. I mean, Community, to me, would, would probably be number one. That's, even really? Over, yes, even over Breaking Bad. Just because, for me, uh, Community, in a sense, kind of changed my life. Because mm. uh, it, it got me... I mean, this is why... I, it Like, I wouldn't do a top... 10 for tv just because of it would be very personal but community is what got me into D and and mm. also in a way spiled my brain into alternate realities oh wait I a sec be. wait i'm looking so i'm looking at the best <laughs> this is really funny i'm looking at the uh the the indie wire best tv shows of the decade and guess what's number 22 i'm on the page right now 22 22 i would guess is you have to uh, click Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine Nine. No, what for IndieWire? Yeah. Oh no, sorry, I'm on AV Club. Yeah. So IndieWire number twenty two is the review. Oh yes, totally agree. Review is on. Like we'll do an episode. Well, actually, we started on this with My Little Pony, but on cult TV shows, review was way too. I yes, I totally agree. This has the number one, IndieWire says the number one film was The Leftovers. Uh, uh, TV show. Yes, I agree with, I, I see, I agree with that too. Leftovers, what well, thing is, is it had a kind of a shaky first season. And I think overall Breaking Bad had five really great seasons. What's, what's interesting about these lists though, is a lot of these, these TV shows that are coming out, and we should probably move to, to, to music pretty soon. But a lot of these TV shows that are coming out are well besides breaking bad but a lot of them like you know bojack horseman just finished a lot of them is like from the second half of the 2000s like leftovers was 2014 to 2017 uh the bojack horseman was i think i think honestly breaking bad was like the beginning of all of this i mean i think it was yeah, the beginning well, breaking of bad, that was also 2000s though, it came out in 2008 yeah even though sopranos is arguably the show that uh, kicked off the golden era. I think Breaking Bad and Mad Men, but Breaking Bad more so, is probably what got 
everybody into this mm -hmm. golden age. And also, like Atlanta by the way, started on, in 2016. Right. Uh, a also, lot of these Sam, films started after what? Uh, on AV Club review by uh, Andy Daly is number 19. Wow. So all right, so let's you. let's what let's do best the music. Right. Sam, uh, this... you have yeah, you have listened to these albums probably more than I have. But the top, I'll just do the top five. Is this best David album? Bowie, yeah, these are the best album of the decade, and this is from Rolling Stone. So this, to me, is probably the best Man. list of this. I don't know about that. Uh, see, my thing is, I think Rolling Stone's album choices are better than the movie. I, I don't really agree with their movie review. Anywho, number five for Rolling Stone's top 100 albums of the decade are David Bowie, Black Star. You know, that's David Bowie's last album before he kicked it off at age 69. <laughs> anyway, oh, that's not funny. Oh, yeah, why? What was that? Well, 69 is... Oh, okay. It's, it's a sex position, you know? Right, like, yeah, yeah, fine, fine. Uh, no, but R.I.P. David Bowie, I was very sad about that. Number four, Taylor Swift, Red. Uh, uh, yeah, no. okay. I mean, I don't... I don't I, I like Taylor Swift. I forget what was on. I enjoyed 1989. To me, that was like, woohoo. Yeah, I got um, that for my Christmas one year. I loved it. And number three is Kendrick Lamar, To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely. I mean, I love, I think King Kuta is, that transcends, transcends Tran Transcends. Music. Yeah, to me, because he sings about the Orange King, or the uh, Yellow King, I feel like King Kuda is actually like this weird song that if you played backwards, it could summon the like an evil spirit, which mm -hmm. I think is cool. Um, number two, Beyonce, Lemonade. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, that was pretty cool just because it was like a a hurt, oh, like a hurt God. feeling, but it was yeah. And number one, I haven't listened to this, but apparently it's fantastic. Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted oh. Fantasy. See, I'm looking at the Pitchfork one, and that was number two. Um. Ish. I'm honestly, I'm more of a fan of number one. Well, I'm more of a fan. I, 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 my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, I think, is one of his best, if not possibly his best. I'm more of a fan of Life of Pablo, but mm. I think that's I'm not. That's not how everyone feels. I think most people like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. So I think See, that is the quintessential I, Kanye album. But the number one album on Pitchfork, and I think this is this is honestly in the same regards as Moonlight. The number one album is. Blonde by Frank Ocean. That album, I think, is the best album of the decade. Like, unanimous, like, for everyone. It's not my number one. My number one's going to have to go to Modern Vampires of the City, which is not going to make any of these lists. Oh, yeah. But and that, that, know, that my... album changed my life it, yeah. more than I think oh, any, yeah. any, 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 uh, movie has changed my life. Like, I would my, agree. that, I mean, for those of you who don't know, Vampire Weekend defined me as a person that summer, that summer and, and then from then on like that that album and then i dove into their past two albums that that album was and that was sorry i keep hitting the mic that was 2013 um and that was life-changing but blonde was 2016 and i think this this impacted cinema or not cinema in music and everything in so many different ways it was the culmination of a bunch of things as well like i think Blonde was the 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 evolution of 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 move or like things like Kid Cudi, but like a little bit more mixed with R and B and musicians. I probably don't know much about, but it was like it was now, the extension of Kid Cudi and like um 
I just keep thinking of Kid Cudi because I know that he, I think he was an influence on Blonde. Now, for me, my number one uh, album of know. the year, my number one album of the year would probably have to be um, Random Access Memories by Daft Punk, mm. only because uh, it, for the beginning of the 2010s, me and a fellow friend, AJ Golia, we would always go off to Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. And it's like an 18-hour or 16-hour drive, and we had these specific albums we would listen to. But the one I always remember we would listen to all the way would be Ant- Random Access Memories. So it kind of stuck. What is with that? Me. Who is that? That's Daft Punk. Oh. And it's kind of a conceptual album because it tells the story of a a man becoming a robot, mm-hmm. and like he's losing his mind. Listen to that. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna oh. have our friend call in. Okay. In. Uh, while you're doing that, I just want to say this is really well written on Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. He says, like, after all this. Hello, you're on. Hello. Okay, I'll save this for later. What's up, boys? Hey, hey. Can you hear Zach? Uh, let me just press my ear real quick. Hello, Andrew. Say something, Andrew. Hey, how's it going, guys? Can you hear that, Zach? Uh, very barely, so. Say something again. Oh, wait, let me let me turn this up. All right, uh, say something, Andrew. Hey, what's up, guys? Oh, I can hear that all right, much cool. better. Hey, We're all Andrew. on. What's going on? Hey, well, I have, I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, say um, say some. Say He's been texting me this whole time. So well, say your thoughts. Thoughts. Well, okay. So first off, the Vulture list is crazy. I do not get any of these. Um, all right. I don't get why Mad Max keeps coming up. Like all the movies Whoa. that came out from 2010 to 2019. And we're... Mad Max is making the top 10. Zach of all these loves movies. that movie. So I, I, I that would be my too. honestly, I, that would be my number one. I, I think it. The scene with the motorcycles in the valley, it's like amazing, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. Just seems crazy. But um, I have a couple of things. So I ha- I ranked Michael Bay's best movies of the <laughs> 2010. <laughs> okay. And really, the, 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 most two important ones I want to kind of touch on is: Have you guys seen Pain and Gain? Uh, I I actually I've I I started it and I I I actually didn't think it was a half bad movie. That's I the uh, Michael Bay movie. I haven't seen it. Well, I think it's just funny because that was his attempt to make a Tarantino movie. Oh, um, he's he's like said that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads me to my second point. Uh, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a fantastic movie. Oh, my God. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. I agree with you. Do you think list. that should be on the top ten? Yeah. All right. It's 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 ter- it's very meta, like, in Tarantino. Like, I guess it's The only violence meta. happens at the end. I, right. I, I like I, it was a very Inglorious meditated movie. Or, I just think some of the hype behind it is just because it just came out, and I think... Here's my thing. It's like after I saw Hateful Eight, it's like, come on, chill out, Quentin Tarantino. And then it 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 was like as if he read our brains and he's like, okay, here's me chill, and I like it. Well, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. And if you and he really did like he tried to be as respectful as possible with like the Manson family and stuff. Yeah. Um, the Bruce Lee stuff, I kind of get. I I think it's like an old guy trying to be funny in 2019. Like they're gonna not always hit the mark, you know, but I think he's, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, it's just cause it's Tarantino. I don't think there is anything really. Uh, 
world but, world um, defining about that, but uh, that's just me, I guess. I, you guys can double team up on me because I love Inherent Vice. I definitely think it's oh, maybe top twenty of the decade. Wow, not you're top just 10, but... bashing well, everything that we've said. I, I I will say this. I think perhaps it deserves another watch because I saw it in the theaters and it didn't really hit me as hard. So maybe perhaps another viewing would. So it's, I'm not I'm not set in stone on my thought on that. It's definitely a movie that um, if you in, partake in some extracurricular substances, you might appreciate a little bit more mm. ecstasy. Um, now on that same yeah, thing, ecstasy, that's uh, the best we're, movie. We're, the best, ha, yeah. Have you Andrew? Have you seen Under the Skin? Yeah. Do you think that should be in the top tens? So, yeah, on it, well, like, I don't know, because these lists are all, like, doing this weird thing of towing the line between best of the decade, but then also, like, most influential yeah. influential or successful. So if we're doing best, yeah, I absolutely think Under the Skin, like, it takes the idea, because, like, at that time, that's right after the fappening happens, when mm-hmm. all those nudes were leaked, and it takes, like, the cultural obsession with Scarlett Johansson and makes it into a horror movie hmm. where she's in control. Interesting. Um, oh, I, that is interesting. I think there yeah. is something to say about like these lists. What I, I, I wish they had more of like a, a description of what they based their thoughts on. Cause if it was also, based on like, oh, if it, what? Well, I was just going to say if, if someone did like a top 10, uh, best career or something like best career for an actor or actress i would say scarlett johansson because my goodness what a decade she's had yeah i guess avengers Uh, marriage story under the skin oh well yeah scarlett johansson holy and then her downfall uh at least for that one movie on ghost in the shell anyway i think i think if if films like really dive into like what because i think there's different like best is very subjective but if we talk mm-hmm. about most influential, which is, I guess, what New York Times is trying to do, but I disagree with all of it, even being the most influential. Um, they, there's just so many different components to these lists, so it's just so hard to kind of pin down, like what the like how you can agree with it. Because if we're talking most influential, if we're talking best, if we're talking about like the most important films, I think that there's all different things. Um, well, and I almost wonder if this is because, like, we're not having – we don't have critics anymore necessarily like Roger Ebert, where yeah. you know his top ten list isn't going to be – it's going to be his list, you know? Now mm-hmm. all these websites are, like – like, like there's all these different editors com- compiling one list, so there's going to be, like, compromises made and stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, like, I'm surprised Inside Lewin Davis isn't on the top ten – it's only the top ten for film school rejects, but is it? You think that I should be higher? Movie. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, see, it's all so oh, subjective. It's just it. all so subjective. Is the thing. <laughs> also, we should True, get I've into really Watch. We should get that. into Watchmen. I think, uh, since that was part of what we're going to be talking about today, because uh, the, the okay. finale, the finale is today, and now, yep, I'm caught up. We have three minutes Spoiler left. So let's now. talk. Let's talk for three minutes about Watchmen. I think that that uh yeah spoilers i don't think that dr manhattan is dead i think that he is definitely going to come back um i thought that last episode though with dr manhattan was 
crazy. I thought that was nuts. I, that I, was I, such I, a good. I, I think that it. made me. I mean, everyone I feel like agrees, but like that made me feel like I now know why people love this show so much. Um, yeah. What about what about you, Andrew? Zach, what do you think? I I really enjoyed it. I gotta say it's been a slow burn. I, I I thought the the season was a slow burn for the first two episodes, but then three really kicked it in. So, and now I'm like uh, I'm so intense on this. My prediction is that Doctor Manhattan, it is gonna end in tragedy, but I think he's gonna give his powers to somebody else, either to uh, Regina King's character, or it's going to be given to the white supremacist sky but it's going to explode their minds and they're going to die and i think we're going to get a season with dr manhattan living as a human huh. uh, okay season two i like that. or like he's um, he's going to wander off and like discover humanity again huh. so that's my I, big prediction i think uh the for whatever reason like dr manhattan looks really funny um <laughs> like i don't know they like they haven't been showing him a lot. And then this last episode, you really got to see his whole special effects. And I thought, oh, that thought the... they were okay. This is kind of, oh, you thought it was, it was, it was the special effects was, I did, I do have to say he did look kind of like uh, a little weird. The cosplayer or something. Yeah. It, it didn't look like <laughs> it a, did. it didn't look like a God. It looked like something that like someone, they just kind of amped up the brightness on him on like, on like, like someone just like, all right, just take him and just like make him brighter. And then it kind of just like deformed him slightly, and they're just like, "Done, we're done. This is this is it." I forget um, who plays him, but I I think uh, he does a pretty great job with the monotone voice. Oh yeah, oh, he does a great. I mean, he's a great actor. Like whoever that, that was, I I love that switch. I I had yeah. did not see that coming at all. I do you think some to- of the Watchmen. This see, here's the other thing about the show, and we have like a minute left. I think it's gonna go the same way as Westworld. In which the first season, everyone's talking about it. The second season, people are like, all right, I, I get this show now. I kind of know where it's, I know what it's like. All the twists are, and then it just kind of peters out. So I disagree with you on that. I think the guy I can't, who uh, wrote this? Who's the story runner on this? On? Uh, Lindelof. Dave, Dave oh, Lindelof. There's something that's just going on with the audio. Well, we have 20 seconds left. So <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Talk later. All right. Godspeed. Sorry. Thank. Bye, Andrew. Bye. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Godspeed. Bye.